This is the first time. Chirp Radio's live storytelling and music series recorded at Martyrs in Chicago's North Center neighborhood. Here's your host, Jen Sodini. Up next, we have Jen Gibbons. She's the executive director of Recovery on Water, which is an organization that supports breast cancer survivors. She is a master rower. She has, she, you can do, um, she has a hundred mile bike ride coming up, Ride for Row. Uh, and you can go to rideforrow.org to support her and her organization. She might tell you a little bit more about it briefly here tonight. With great pleasure, I introduced Beast Jen Gibbons. Beast, I like it, Beast. All right. In 2012, I set a goal to row a boat by myself around Lake Michigan. Why? I love rowing, and I love Lake Michigan, so duh. Um, But really, I I also wanted to raise funds for a breast cancer charity that was near and dear to my heart. So I bought a boat with money I didn't have, a $30,000 ocean-going rowboat, so a lot of money I didn't have. And um, she was a 700-pound, 19-foot-long boat named Liv, which is Norwegian for life and American for Steven Tyler's daughter. Um, that I would live on, sleep on, all things body function on. Yes, I shat on the boat for a couple months uh, in the summer of 2012. And the top half of Liv was yellow, and I painted the bottom half of Liv bright pink not only for my cause, but also um, anti-fouling paint is this special kind of paint that sheds as you're in the water so that your boat doesn't take on more water because God knows I don't need the boat to weigh any more than 700 pounds. Um, The boat had two airtight, watertight cabins inside of it, so there was one place that I slept and there was another spot for provisions for food in the time that I was in the lake. And then um, there was a little section in the middle where all the magic happened where I would row. And so I trained for a year and a half, and when the time came, I pushed off from the dock at the Chicago Yacht Club uh, on the morning of June 15th, 2012. I left Chicago at the raging speed of four knots, or four miles per hour, for those of you that are not into boating. Um, Time passed, and I saw the Chicago skyline fade away from my view. And when the sun started to go down, um, it meant that I needed to eat and I needed to sort of batten down the hatches and make sure that I could sleep, that I was anchored, and that the waves throughout the night weren't going to move me into the middle of the lake or take me back to Chicago. Uh, Liv had recently completed her second trip across the Atlantic Ocean. So she was seaworthy and amazing and pretty much like a badass bitch. Um, But frankly, we were just getting acquainted. And to top it off, it's not like this boat came with an instruction manual. Um, Like, every experience with her was new. And the only people that really knew about the boat were also ocean-going rowers who are total weirdos, just like me. And so you couldn't just, like, Google things about how it worked. Um, Everything was an adventure. 
And um, Liv was also not really designed to do what I wanted to do with her, which um, was going around Lake Michigan because she was designed to be in waters that where there were like consistent wind patterns, like the trade winds across the Atlantic. Um, and on Lake Michigan, the wind changed every day and sometimes multiple times a day. Um, so like, imagine you have this like 700 pound friend and her name is Liv and she's really like drunk and you're just trying to like get her to go home, you know? Like she's drunk, she doesn't know where she's going and to top it off, you're pushing her through water against the wind. Um, so yeah, uh, after day one, I had made it 23 miles, which is like nearly to Waukegan. Very exciting, Waukegan, Illinois. Um, I wanted nothing more than to just like jump in the lake because 2012, I don't know if you guys remember, was a really hot summer. And I kind of coined like Lake Michigan as my air conditioner for the summer because I would just like jump in it and it would make me feel better. Um, and I had a full day of rowing, eating, bucketing, chucketing, you know, um, you get the picture. And um, the water was really cold and it felt really refreshing and it felt great. And it couldn't have been like 60 degrees because it was early June. So I started to pull myself back into the boat and it was a little bit of a struggle. This is day one. Um, my legs were numb and my heart started racing and I, I felt like my breath just got shorter and shorter and I felt shocked and scared and suddenly very aware of my mortality. Um, I was out of sight from anyone in the world who could save me if I drowned in that moment. Um, and my legs were getting really cold, like scary cold, like really cold. Um, and then I remembered reading that you can actually get hypothermia from like 60 degree water, like no joke. And so I started going into a panic. Um, and the next few moments were like kind of a blur, but I ended up back on the deck of the boat just like laying on the deck and holding onto the boat and just trying to get my hands around the boat as best I could. And I said to Liv, because I have no one else to talk to, um, we got this, like we're doing this, it's okay, it's day one. <sighs> I was shivering and wet and I crawled inside my sleeping cabin, which is like the size of a coffin, which is not a comforting thing. <laughs> And I begin to towel off and I start freaking out because my legs are bright pink and like scary hot pink color. And I think to myself, oh my God, I have hypothermia. I have officially like gotten to the danger zone and my legs are gonna fall off. So it took a moment for me to remember that it was just the paint on the boat and that it like literally just rubbed off on my legs. <laughs> And the towel had pink all over it, so surely I didn't have hypothermia. Um, but a lot of adrenaline had been running through my body over the last 10 minutes. And after rowing all day, my systems were just like totally shut. Um, and I was hungry, so I cooked myself dinner, which is like these really scrumptious packets of dehydrated food, which are high calorie and they have lots of salt in them because I'm pretty much just burning 5,000 calories a day. So I anchored the boat and the wind was picking up and I began to toss around in the sleeping cabin and that's when the seasickness set in. Day one. <laughs> and the mac and cheese came up and out and everywhere. 
and it might be the only time in my life that I thought to myself, like, no, I need those calories. <laughs> I'm projectile vomiting, but I want this back in my body. <laughs> And I hoped that the exhaustion would just kind of like knock me out, and it did. And I woke up in the middle of the night to the sound of the rudder smacking against the boat. Because um, somehow it gotten loose, and the rudder is attached with these two ropes, you know, and you pull on one rope to go one way, you pull on the other rope to go the other way. But if it's not totally taut, then the, the rudder smacks against the boat, which I learned. So I got up, um, I reached out, I opened the sleeping cabin, and I pulled one of, the, um, one of the ropes taut, and then I reached over to go grab the other one, but in that time, there was a large wave, and the boat live went up on the wave, and the door to the sleeping cabin just totally smacked me in the face, like full spade in, into my head. So um, I wasn't really sure how hard the hit was, but then I just thought like, I hope I'm not concussed, I'm paranoid that I'm concussed, and fuck this rudder. Like, I just want to go to bed. Like, this is not a really long day. Um, so I, I crawled back into the sleeping cabin and I looked in the mirror on the inside of the sleeping cabin and there was blood streaming down my face. Um, and my brow was just already like super swollen. So my first thought was, was like, I can't tell my mom this. Like, I can't tell anybody that on day one, I probably need stitches on my face. Uh, it hasn't even been like 24 hours since I left Chicago. Um, I threw up everywhere. I survived like this near hypothermic hot pink legs disaster. <laughs> and I'm bleeding and swollen. Um, what did I get myself into, right? And everything was okay, but it was like not okay. And since when did it take so much fucking energy just to like stay alive, <laughs> right? Um, but I put myself in this situation and nobody held a gun to my head to do this and I could do this and Liv could do this and we could do this because we were like pretty badass bitches. <laughs> and um, at that point, um, I made a deal with Liv, this boat, because if I was gonna get through this then I was gonna love this boat forever. Right? Like, like the boat wanted me to love it forever. I don't know. I needed to give the boat something. And I needed something from the boat. I needed the boat to make it through this trip. And um, so at that moment, for those of you that watch Grey's Anatomy, it was like Liv and I, Liv was like my person. <laughs> and um, you know, like with Meredith and Christina before McDreamy, <laughs> like she was my person. And so I also made a deal with like Michigan because she was clearly trying to demand my respect by like punching me in the fucking face, right? <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I made a deal that, that we were gonna respect each other. And um, 59 days, four states, a thousand miles, 20 pounds less on my body, multiple sleepless nights, wind from every direction, bucketing and chucketing, uh, and $157,000 for a charity. I returned back to Chicago on August 15th. Yeah, you can cheer for that, that's cool. So, 
at the end of the day, Liv held up her end of the deal. Um, she would keep me safe no matter what the elements, despite mechanical malfunctions, small craft advisories, sleepless nights, I thought the boat wasn't actually going to stay upright. Um, despite how pathetic and bored I was, or whiny and blistered and sunburned, and she carried me through the trip, uh, and all I really had to do was trust her, which I realized is all she really wanted in return. My trust. And I held up my deal with Lake Michigan. Um, I will forever respect and kind of fear Lake Michigan, uh, which is probably healthy for me, because um, she's a pretty badass bitch too.
You've been listening to a Chirp Radio podcast of our live storytelling and music series, The First Time. Our storyteller was Jen Gibbons, and The First Time 3 performed Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. The First Time 3 is Steve Frisbee, Liam Davis, and Scott Stevenson. To hear more First Time pieces, check out the series website, firsttime.chirpradio.org. And you can find more podcasts produced by the station at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Thanks for listening.